If you're looking for premium deli meats and cheeses, look to Dietz and Watson. Jenna's eating a sandwich right now as we're doing this. Yes, they wanted us to try the product, so I brought my sandwich in today, and it is delicious. I'm having the honey turkey with Swiss cheese. Yum. Very good. I want to tell you guys that we got the Dietz and Watson Italian-style chicken sausage, and Josh used it the other night to make this amazing pasta dish with gnocchi. It is so delicious. I'm so sorry. I'm literally eating right now. I can't (laughs) stop. It's really, really good. Dietz and Watson is on their fourth generation of upholding their philosophy of doing things the right way because that's how they've always done it. That's right. I have to say one more thing. We also got their Fontina cheese, delicious and salami. Oh, is that one good? Yes. This Swiss cheese is so good. (sighs) I love Dietz and Watson, guys. I love them. If you're looking... For premium deli meats and cheeses, look to Dietz and Watson. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at dietzandwatson.com slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. The very funny, Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney has a new show, everyone. It is called John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix live during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. Yes, it is a comically unconventional show that will feature special guests. I'm very excited for this. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Happy birthday, everybody. It is Michael's birthday. Michael, it's your B-Day. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Angela, he would be so happy if anyone responded to his birthday like that. Yeah, this guy needs a party like nobody else. He needs the party. It's so true. Guys, it's season two, episode 19, Michael's Birthday, written by Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupnitsky, directed by Ken Whittingham. Guys, I'm in my closet right now. I am in my That's What She Shed this morning. My husband figured out how to try to soundproof it, Sam. I don't know if we did it. We tried, but we got a shower curtain out of the guest room (laughs) and Josh put it across the shed and hung some blankets on it. We took, you know, the clamps that um, our kids have a fort building kit. Wow. And we took all of their clamps. So I hope the kids don't get to do a fort this week because mom is trying to podcast from home. The best part of seeing you right now on this video chat while we do this is that you are wearing a set of gamer headphones. Yes, I am. I have a giant microphone, but I've pointed it up to the sky. Like an antenna coming out of your ear. Yeah, that's true. And we're going to put a photo of this on the pod. Should I do a summary? Here it is. Do a summary, babe. I don't know why I called you babe. I don't know. (laughs) I I don't don't know know either. (laughs) Do a summary, babe. It's Michael's birthday, and he is desperate to be the center of attention. Meanwhile, we learn that Kevin is waiting for the results of a mole biopsy. Yes. Kevin is very worried. He might have skin cancer. And this is 
causing a distraction to Michael's birthday that he is unhappy with. Oh my gosh, Michael's like, today is the day for celebration and you guys are all worried about Kevin and I am grumpy about it. Yeah. There's my summary. (laughs) I like it, babe. Babe, I like it. (laughs) Babe. Okay, wait, are we just going to jump right in? No, there's there's more summary. And fast facts. You've forgotten everything. Wow. There's more summary. What is happening? Also in this episode, Dwight and Angela really bicker over who exactly is in charge of planning Michael's birthday party. Is it Dwight as his right-hand man, or is it Angela, head of the PPC? This is the first time we're going to see a little tension going on between Dwangela. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was tension in season one over who was the security officer, you know. That was pre-them dating. So they... They have some issues about who gets to have control of what. They had that going into this relationship. And I have a note card, guys, that says, Dwangela sass. Ooh, Dwangela sass. All through this episode. We're going to track it. Also in this episode, Jim and Pam, they sneak out of the office together. And in the end, the entire office gang is going to go ice skating. Who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. Well, the writers knew that we were going to end up at an ice skating rink. That leads me into Sam. Please play my special audio clip. Fast fact. (laughs) What is that? What is happening? We had a fan submit some little, they're called stings, Angela. I love that so much. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah. Thank you. So more stings, please. More stings, guys. Send us your stings. I didn't even know that was a term. We're learning so much. We're 100, but thank you for making us stings. So fast fact number one is that Steve Carell is a very, very good ice skater. He played hockey growing up. He played pickup hockey every week as an adult. Fan question from Matt Loveless. Was the plot built around Steve's ability to ice skate? Yes. He's so good. He's really good. Yes. The writers had on one of their cards up on the wall this fact about Steve being a good ice skater, and they had been looking forever for a way to incorporate it. And you guys might remember that later when we filmed the Threat Level Midnight, that again, that plot of Threat Level Midnight, the movie, takes place in an ice skating rink. And that was just like another opportunity to feature Steve's ice skating ability. I was at the car wash one time waiting for my car to get washed, right? You know, the one you kind of, you can drive through part of it and then it, it you wait on the other side, right? Yeah. So I'm at the car wash and this guy walks up to me and goes, I ice skate with Steve. Just, you know, sometimes I ice skate with Steve. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> You're probably very good because Steve is good. Have a nice day. Well, you know, Angela, my husband Lee ice skates. He's on several pickup hockey teams, and my son as well is a hockey player. And my husband now plays on the pickup team that Steve used to play on. I wonder if he plays with the guy from the car wash. Steve does not play pickup hockey anymore. He told me he kind of retired from that. But back when we shot this episode, he was really into it. He was really into it. And Jenna, you're like a hockey mom. I have been on the ice with you now, and I've met your hockey mom friends, and I am into it. I don't have a kid that plays hockey, but they told me you can drink beer at like 10 a.m. hockey matches. And I'm like, I think this is, 
the crowd I should be in. I mean, I'm over at the soccer field. They got nothing at that concession stand. Maybe some pretzels. I mean, we're at these hockey rinks sometimes at 7 in the morning or 8 in the morning, and they open up that concession stand (laughs) and they go for it. I am not a beer drinker, but I am amazed at people's ability to... uh, to have, have a, a beer in glass the morning. Of beer in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, that would do me in. But yeah, oh God, I love the hockey community. It's a great, it's a great, great community. I'm I love being a part of it. All right, fast fact number two. This is a fan question from Renata. She said, This episode has several external locations. Did it take longer to produce this episode because of that? So we usually would take five days to shoot an episode, and we were still able to shoot this episode in five days, even with our multiple locations. And guess what I did, Angela? What? I got some scoop from Kentopedia about our locations. Kent Sabornak, let's hear it. All right. So first up, the store that Jim and Pam go to was a Rite Aid. At Woodman and Sherman Way. Do you remember that Rite Aid, Angela? I do. I do. I pass by it every day on the way to work, and I would shop there constantly. Yeah. I would always, like, pick up some milk on the way home. One time I bought some socks. I was low on socks. Oh, I remember setting up my trailer. You know, we would sort of decorate, and I got a few different little things. I got, like, a doormat. (laughs) Yeah. At that Rite Aid. Okay, so cute. You were at the Rite Aid by us. He said that we shot there for a half a day, but we started very, very early. I think my hair and makeup started around 4 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. I believe it. Because, yeah, we had to start shooting on camera by 6, and the Rite Aid said we could only shoot there until 11 a.m. with the store closed. After 11 a.m., we could keep shooting, but they were going to let customers in. And Kent said that we finished by 10 a.m. We finished an hour early and that all the customers that you see in those scenes are hired background performers. None of them are real customers. All right. Good job, team. Good job. You got in. You got out. That's the scoop on the right aid. So the ice skating, we shot that at Pickwick Ice Rink in Burbank. I know this rink well. And we had the whole place to ourselves for one full day. We were there from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Again, we started our hair and makeup very early around 5 a.m. And we were all shooting by 7. The other skaters in the background were background actors. We shut that place down. It was all ours. So Kent also told me that luckily both Randall Einhorn and Matt Sohn, they were our camera operators, That they could ice skate. And so they were skating around with cameras. Do you remember that, Angela? Because I did did not remember that those guys were skating with us. I remember Randall on the ice. I do. Because I have a little funny backstory about there was a stunt ice skater, Jenna. Do you remember the stunt ice skater? Oh, yeah. The guy who filled in for Oscar. Yes. So you'll see later in the episode as we watch it that Oscar is like a very good ice skater. He does like a (laughs) kind of a like pirouette and spins around. Well, that's because there was a stunt guy that looked like him that was a really great figure skater. And I have a little story about that. I don't know if you remember this, Jenna, but Randall was filming the stunt guy getting all of the moves, right? Yeah. And I, they wanted us skating in the background and I sort of skated in the background and I did a big circle like I kind of opened my legs and did a big circle and the guy said to me in between takes he goes hey he said can you skate and I was like well I can roller skate so I'm just trying to do what I 
do on roller skates. And he said, come here. And he spun me around. And then Randall was like, oh, wait, I'll get this just in case. Maybe it'll be funny that Oscar spins Angela or something, you know? Okay. And so the stunt ice skater started doing all these things with me, Jenna. He spun me. He picked me up and twirled me. (laughs) He had me stick one leg out and one leg up, like, like, and then, and like spun me and set me down. And we, like somewhere there is footage of this stunt ice skater lifting me in the air and spinning me around and it where we never, is this footage we never used the footage but it, it it really made me laugh to think that maybe there is a world where angela and oscar figure skate <laughs> together okay two things number one nbc released this footage immediately <laughs> number two angela do you know who that guy was i looked tell him me, tell up me. Okay. okay, his name is Bert Jude Lankin. Okay. And he was a pair skater, a famous pair skater who won the silver medal at the 1982 United States Figure Skating Championships and then later placed sixth at the 1984 Winter Olympic Games. Wow! You were figure skating with an Olympic pair figure skater where is this footage that is amazing that is so cool well you know i'm not very good but he was very good so well i'm gonna find the footage for you i'm gonna surprise you with it at some milestone birthday in the future you'll have to ask randall einhorn say randall did any of that like end up somewhere (laughs) oh my gosh okay well next up is fast fact number three, but I don't even know how to follow that because that was good stuff. Picture me and Oscar right now in your mind, guys. Close your eyes. Picture me and Oscar right now as a figure skating couple on the ice. And go. (laughs) Oscar makes all of our costumes. (laughs) Well, Angela, that is a good segue for me into fast fact number three because you mentioned costumes. We got a fan question from Alyssa, and this is not specific to this episode, but a general fan question, and I thought it was a good one, so I thought we would include it. Alyssa wants to know, what do you do with your clothes after you've been shooting in the same outfit for 12 to 15 hours at a time? She says, I imagine they would get stretched out and wrinkly and dirty, Do you have multiple sets of the same outfits for each day of shooting, or does someone wash them for you? First of all, I like where her head's at. Yeah. I like this person. I know. This person is a planner. She probably packs very well for a trip. I like it. I like your train of thought. (laughs) These are things I wonder about when I watch movies, especially if I see a movie where, like, it's a flood or they're submerged in water somehow, I think, oh my gosh, how many hours that day did they have to stand like waist deep in water? Probably like 12 hours. So here's the thing. We often had, well, we always had duplicates. They wanted to make sure that you had two of every outfit so they could wash and have the next set ready the next day. Also, if you were to spill something on it or get a tear or whatever, they would have the duplicate ready to go. Yes, and if you did have to do some sort of a stunt or something in that particular outfit, then they might have even more than two. You know, they they might have seven shirts if part of the scene involves you purposely dripping ketchup on your shirt or something. So yeah, they always had multiples and they part of the wardrobe department's job is to launder and 
prepare your outfit for the next day. So that's how that works. I like the question, though. I like the question. All right. That's the end of my fast facts. Oh, oh I'm so sorry, guys. My What the f- my was that? Well, I think my bread is done. I have oh. some bread in the oven. <laughs> I thought that was like a, an alert. Have- like They always say you can tell a little something about the person by which alarm they pick. And by they, I mean me. <laughs> this is my theory. So, like, your alarm is like, gang, 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 like, mayday, mayday. And, like, yeah. my alarm my alarm is like two banjos playing. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, Angela, <laughs> this is saying everything about us. That's 100% true. Everybody, what is your alarm on your phone? And what does it say about you? Lee is telling me that the internal temperature of my bread is only 154 degrees. Do you mind if we take a break? I do want to take a break because my That's What She Shed is really cold, and I turn my heater off when we podcast, and I want to warm it back up. So you take care of your bread. You heat up your bread. I'm going to heat up my She Shed. And we'll be right back. So this winter... We went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh, no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space, you know? 
I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com slash office ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Well, uh, I just oversaw the bread. We're still not at the right internal temperature. I had to leave it for Lee to make a judgment call. I hope it turns out. I hope we can make some sandwiches today. Time will tell. Let's get back on track, Jenna, and let's jump into this episode. Yes, the cold open. Michael is trying to sell the employees some calling cards. Mm -hmm. Did you notice something about this scene, Jenna? It's in the conference room, right? Yep. Yeah. Who all is in attendance? Who? It is Jim, Dwight. Jim, Dwight, Toby, Creed, Oscar, Ryan, and Stanley. Not a single woman. Hey. Hey. Now, do you think, A, Michael thinks the women will say this is a load of crap. Hey. But he thinks the guys will go along with it. Why aren't there any women? Hmm? Hmm. Jim convinces Michael that this is a pyramid scheme. Michael draws a chart and then Jim turns it into a literal pyramid. Do you remember in the fire episode when Michael said he lost all of his money in a pyramid scheme and that's why he couldn't go to business school? Yeah, Toby brings it up in this scene. Yeah. Yeah, Toby's like, remember? Well, Toby brings up an email scam that Michael also participated in. Yes, and Michael's like, hey, when the son of the deposed king of Nigeria emails you directly (laughs) asking you for help, okay? His father ran the freaking country, okay? Yeah. Michael, Michael. Michael. All right, so that's our cold open. And then when the episode begins, that was one of those standalone cold opens that did not end up applying. I have one more question about the cold open. You might know the answer. Oh, go ahead. Is a calling card the same as a business card? What, Angela? What's a calling card? Wait, I don't no, know what a calling card is. You're not asking is. this question. Do you not remember the 80s? Honey, I was in Indian. Oh, I just called you honey. <laughs> I'm like, a babe. Honey, I'm a honey. Honey, I was in Jakarta, Indonesia till 1984. What happened? What's the calling card? Okay. Gosh, how do I describe it? You know how long distance phone calls, they would cost money, like so much money per minute if you wanted to call someone and you would usually just use your home phone and then I can't believe I'm describing this right Wait, now. So, okay. Oh, so it's like a card with a number on it and you enter it or something? And then you use the minutes? Yes. It's like a prepaid credit card Mm. that you could apply to the price of a phone call. Okay. I know what it is now. I got it. I remember that. For whatever reason in my mind, I thought this whole scene was about business cards, and I thought it was really funny. Oh, (laughs) and that's funny. So anyway, and I was like, oh, look, they're making their own business cards. That's kind of cute. No. No. You don't need Phil in his Corvette for that. Now this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I hear the tone in your voice, Jenna. I hear well, it. Well, I don't I know hear how it. to end this. I hear it. It's like you pity me, <laughs> but you love me, <laughs> but you're perplexed that a grown woman <laughs> doesn't know what a calling card is. I hear it all. It's all there. But I love you. Okay. So they weren't business cards. They were calling cards. All right. I love you, babe. I love you, babe. I love you, honey. 
go. That was the cold open. It was a standalone cold open, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't apply to the rest of the episode because after the credits, we're going to learn the real plot of this episode when Michael enters and Pam, while handing him his messages for the day, says, happy birthday, Michael. And when he enters, he's carrying like his own box of donuts for his birthday. Is he carrying the balloons that we're going to see later? In his office? Probably. I couldn't I couldn't track where the balloons came from. But then Michael has a talking head where he tells us that people go crazy for his birthday. They, they go just nuts. go all out. They go all out. And it's just, just a boring, like, shot of the office, just everyone doing work. Yeah. No one paying attention. And then Jenna, he says that he shares a birthday with Eva Longoria. And I looked up her birthday. It's March 15th. Jenna, yours is March 7th. Yeah. That means you and Michael Scott are both Pisces. We're both Pisces. Which I also looked up, and this was what I found on the internets about Pisces. You, Jenna Fisher, and Michael Scott. Are you ready? I'm ready. In all matters of life, you bring intensity and passion. This explains why you will devote an endless amount of time and effort into anything that you feel is worthwhile, especially family and loved ones. Hey, I know. That sounds like a compliment. I think it is. You are giving me a compliment. I am giving you a compliment. Thank you. So now Jim has a talking head. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, I think something really important happens here, which is Kevin is late for work. Now, we don't know why yet, but he's late. He seems a little preoccupied. And when he walks in, Michael's like, you're late, but you're forgiven because doth it is my birthday. (laughs) This made me laugh. (laughs) Michael's such an idiot. I love him. But yes, Kevin is late. So and then we go to Jim's talking head. Well, here's something I want to say about Jim's talking head. So the, the meat of the talking head is he's just kind of describing what Michael is like on his birthday. But look at the winter backdrop behind him so you, you know love how we, this we, that, you love this so you know much. i love our backdrops okay so that's not a real window to the outside that's just a window to a printed backdrop that we would change seasonally and i just noticed that the backdrop is winter it looks like it's maybe snowy and i'm gonna bring this up later so put a pin in that but i just want to say Winter backdrop behind Jim. I am riveted. Okay. I am riveted. Yeah. I cannot oh, wait. Oh, it's going to pay off later. I cannot big wait time. for this payoff time. of the winter yeah. backdrop. All yeah. right. So then we see Meredith and Kevin in the break room, and she says, did you hear anything yet? And so we start to see, like, what, what's happening with Kevin, right? That he might have a skin cancer scare. Yeah. And this storyline starts. And then we go to Dwight in Michael's office. There is no one more excited for Michael's birthday than Dwight. Really. Like, I mean, it is it is such a special day for him. It is a huge day. If only everyone were reacting like Dwight, Michael would be happy. Michael reveals he's wearing a new suit. He says it's from Italy. No, Bulgaria. Right. Mm-hmm. New suit. And Dwight said maybe he'll have to get one. And Michael's like, good luck. <laughs> it's pinstriped, I noticed. And the tie is insane. It's a crazy tie as well. This is also the scene where Michael tells Dwight that he's not worried about his birthday because the PPC has been working 24-7 since yesterday. But also, it's in the scene that Dwight actually begs Michael if he can be in charge of Michael's birthday. So this is setting up 
like what's going to be a big (laughs) source of tension between Angela and Dwight. And I think Angela, you know, thinks that Michael's an idiot and thinks that Dwight is loyal to someone who doesn't deserve like his loyalty. And so she's just already, she already is like annoyed that it's Michael's birthday. And now on top of the fact, her boyfriend wants to be the party planning, you know, committee chairman. Well, Angela must be very conflicted because as party planning committee head, she is obligated to celebrate this birthday. Yes. Yes. Even though she feels that Michael is kind of going a a little bit over the top, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Ange, the next scene is the party planning committee scene. One more thing before we move on. There is a famous meme that came out of this Dwight and Michael scene. It is the raise the roof. Oh, the raise the roof. Yes. 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 And in the super famous meme. It's even longer in the deleted scenes, you guys. So if you check out the deleted scenes, it's really funny because when Dwight starts to do it, Michael's like, no, that's not how I taught you. Like, like clearly they practiced this move. Oh, I love that. I love that there's an extra deleted scene of that raise the roof. Well, next up is the party planning committee meeting. Lady, it's the OG. It's the OG. It is Phyllis, Angela, and Pam. That's it. Baby, I don't know Do you what call me an baby? OG is. I did. That's what it is it's today. OG, Jenna. Okay, get on the internet, lady. What is it? You might know what a calling card is, but let me tell you what OG is. It means original gangster. Original gangster. It's like you are the 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 first person of this thing. Whatever. I don't know. Look it up on Urban Dictionary. So it's the OG of the PPC. Of the PPC. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want a hoodie that says OG of the PPC. <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, Note look, to self. look at the coffee mug I'm using. I'm using the OG oh, PPC. Using PPC coffee mug today. Yay. That's apropos. That's another word, Angela. Apropos. I know what that means. It means appropriate. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right, so uh, they're having a riveting conversation in this meeting. They want to know what time we should bring out the cake. One and or one thirty. Yawns. Oh wait, yeah, I, Pam, Pam yawns. Pam says one o'clock, to which Angela immediately says one thirty, and then Pam yawns. Yeah, and then Angela sasses her. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Are we boring you?" Well, you know, there's in a deleted scene. I improvised a line where I said, "Not Phyllis." Yes. Do you remember that? I do. I do. <laughs> and then we all laughed. <laughs> we used to laugh a lot when we did these PPC scenes. Well, they would let us go. They would give us a few lines and then they would just let us go. And we would improvise the most boring, like, conversations, like, on purpose. We'd be like, well, I don't know, guys, how I feel about paper plates. I mean, which size should we get? Should we get the large oval one? No one gets oval. Who gets an oval paper plate? No one. I think we get the square one. Square paper plates. We would like we would do this for like so long. That's because Greg Daniels loved the PPC. I know. He loved our mundane banter so much. He loved the dynamic of it. And so he would let us just go on forever. I loved it. Yes. It was so fun. Well, then Dwight enters and he tells us that Michael wants trick candles for his cake. Yeah, he gives us a list, a list of surprises yes. that Michael would like. And this is when Angela tells Dwight that this is a closed door meeting. Well, yeah, Michael wants trick candles. He wants a stripper gram. And Angela's like, no, 
No, it's a closed door meeting. And then there's this sort of odd like stare off between Dwight and Angela. And Pam is like, what is happening? Yes. I have a fan catch as well. What? This is a fan catch from Sexually Woke. This person wrote in to say, Phyllis is breaking at four minutes, 19 seconds when you talk about the stripogram. I did not notice this the first time I watched it. And I saw it. She gets a little smirk. And I think you could think it was Phyllis the character. But Angela, we know Phyllis. And I think this was a real Phyllis smile. I'm sure it was. We laughed a lot in those scenes. So I love that. I'm going to go back and look for that. That's so cute. I also want to note that when Rain comes in and out of the door, John is not at his desk in the background. So... He bailed on some background work. Way to go, John. Way to be sneaky and get out of that scene. I know. I guess, what was he? He was probably playing Madden football in his trailer with Brian yes, or something. Yes, they were playing Madden football. that's what they football. would do in their downtime when they had scenes. And they would yell. They were so loud. Oh, do you remember? They were so loud. They'd be like, get it! Get him! All right, so at 4 minutes 35 seconds, we now have this phone call between Michael and Jan in Michael's office. Yeah. And... Jenna, did you catch who is in the room with Michael? Ryan. Ryan is sitting there for the whole phone call. And the call is so awkward. He's like, hey, I um, called to wish you happy birthday. And she's like, it's not my birthday. And he's like, oh, I thought we had the same birthday. And she's like, no. And then she's like, happy birthday, Michael. And then she's like, are we being filmed? And he's like, nope, not at all. And then he says, Jan, just feel free to say whatever is in your heart. And then doesn't she just, like, hang up? Click <laughs> dial tone. And the whole Aww. time Ryan is sitting here. And I have a little something to point out. If you go and watch the deleted scenes, there is a beginning to this scene. And that is that Ryan the Temp has been given the task to tie those balloons in Michael's office. And oh, so, this is where the balloons come from. Yes, yeah, so him and Michael are in his office. Ryan is tying a balloon to, like, his chair. And then he's like, can I leave? And Michael's like, nope. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling me this. Because I was wondering, where did those dang balloons come from? Because Michael did not walk in with them. He must have somehow ordered Ryan the temp to get them. Yes. And then and he this makes deleted him, scene is the proof. He makes him stay in for the phone call. Oh, God. It's so miserable. I feel so bad for Ryan Uh, in that scene. Well, the next scene is very cringy as well because Michael's in the kitchen and he is just hovering over this box of donuts waiting for someone. And then when Stanley comes in, he's like, oh, my gosh, somebody must have brought in donuts for my birthday. Michael, we saw you carry that box in when you arrived. Michael. Somebody. Michael. 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 I have something to point out here. So, you know, in Booze Cruise, you and Jim look at each other for 27 seconds of silence, right? Yeah. 27 seconds. Is that right? 27 seconds. That's right. Okay. I want you to know how long Michael stood with his hand on that coffee pot waiting for someone to come in so he could act like he was pouring himself a cup of coffee, act surprised that there were donuts for his birthday. He stood there for 10 seconds of pure silence. Wow. Now, if you think about a TV show, you guys, that's like a long time to leave a character just sitting there waiting for someone to notice him. That is so true. That's amazing. Ten seconds. Ten seconds he stood there looking around, waiting for someone to walk in. And then well, this- and then later when Toby comes in, 
It's so sad. Toby sees the donuts and he finds out it's Michael's birthday and he gives the most just upbeat, genuine, and warm, genuine, happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. Yeah. And then Michael is so mean. Michael's like, You didn't he's remember? Like, well, yeah, I guess I'm not going to remember to give you a donut. I know. He's such a turd to Toby, and Toby was being so nice to him. I know. So also happening in this episode is everyone kind of learning about the fact that Kevin's waiting for these skin test results. So, like, Jim's in the in the break room, and they're talking about it, and Kelly overhears. Yeah. Kelly, you mean Mindy. Mindy overhears. That is a Mindy Kaling talking head. When she's like, oh my gosh, I never thought about death until Princess Diana's funeral, which was so sad. And then she pauses and she's like, that and my sisters? Like, oh, it's such a dark, it's such a dark talking head. It's so dark. I don't know how Mindy got through that. She almost Uh, didn't. I want you to know, look at six minutes, five seconds. Mindy is so about to laugh. She's barely holding it together. Well, then... The accounting department is discussing Kevin's possible skin cancer, Angela. And you are, I mean, Angela Martin is a real downer. She's a little bit of Debbie Downer. I mean, Oscar's like, you know what? I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'm like, don't give him false hope. You don't know that. Is that pragmatic? I think she is, um, you know, uh, yeah, she's pragmatic. She doesn't need to see the rosy picture. She's like, just give me the stats. Yeah, what are the stats on this? Mm-hmm. The stats are you should be worried. Yeah, that's what the stats say. So next up, Michael gets a delivery. Oh, man. But he thinks that the woman is his stripogram. He's so excited. He's giddy. He literally says, here we go. And then he has a line that made me laugh so hard. He's like, oh, this chair has arms. Is that going to be all right? I loved that line. That made me laugh so hard. He's like, it'll be fine. It'll probably, you'll work around it. I feel like Steve improvised that. I feel like he improvised that. I don't know. I don't know. But I bet you're right. I do. I wish I had the script for this one because I would look it up. But I feel like that feels like, that feels like something you notice in the moment. Right. Because they just pulled the chair aside and it had arms. And I think he saw it in the moment and he said it. That's that's what I, it feels very much like a Steve improv moment. Well, I do want to just give a shout out to this guest actor, Susan Foley, who played the delivery woman. I thought she was great. She was fantastic. She played it super straight, super real, made it very, very funny. Her confusion was not overplayed. It was perfection. Well done, Susan. (laughs) And then we just find out some sad backstory of Michael's childhood. Jenna, his childhood breaks my heart. It breaks yeah. my heart. So he had this birthday party when he was seven. He was so excited. He said they got a pony and a cart, and the pony gave him a rash, and his mom rubbed yeah. cream on him for three hours. And then he missed the party. He said it was his worst birthday. Well, this is a runner, and some of them got cut out, but Michael had this runner throughout this episode of all of his worst birthdays, comparing it to this one. So this guy has had a lot of bad birthdays. Well, he's going to get a pick-me-up from Dwight, who's going to play the recorder for him while he eats donuts. Dwight is playing Billy Joel, which is a runner on our show. We're constantly going to the Billy Joel Music Library on The Office. I don't know why that is. For the longest time. Ah. 
But of course, Dwight calls him William Joel. And then Michael is just sort of lamenting how he's being treated in the office. And he says, I bet Luke Perry's friends don't treat him like this. Wait. And he references this poster that this is what the delivery woman was delivering. It is a poster of James Dean, not of Luke Perry, that his mom sent him for his birthday. That's what his mom sent him. Now, do you think that his mom meant to send him Luke Perry or she meant to send him James Dean and Michael just mistook it for Luke Perry? Which which one is Michael a fan of or neither? Is it just Michael's mom was like, I don't know what to give him. I think Michael is probably a fan of Luke Perry and that's who his mom thought it was. That's what I think. I think I like that story. I don't know. But I, I mean, I feel like that's something my mom would do. Or my sister. When you're at Christmas, my sister got me a Green Bay Packers baseball hat. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't I don't get it. And she was like, well, you went to Baylor, green and gold. Same colors. I was like, what? <laughs> Same colors. Right. Same colors. Right. So I feel like that could be sort of a mom moment. Angela, one year for Christmas, my mom got me from, I guess, a local art fair in St. Louis a drawing of a woman and her cat. Mm -hmm. She got it for me because she knows I love cats. I'm going to post this on Office Ladies Pod Instagram. Is she going to get upset with you? Is she going to say something? No, this is a running joke in our family now. It is, Angela, it is a, it is a, I don't know how to describe it. It is a drawing of a woman on all fours. What? In lingerie. Nope. With her tush in the air. And the cat is rubbing seductively on the woman's tush. And your mom missed all that. She just thought it was a lady and her cat? Yes. So, Angela, imagine me on Christmas morning. She hands me... I'm in, like, college when she gives me this. I come home from college. I unwrap this box. And I'm looking at... Uh, like a semi-pornographic oh, no. drawing of a woman and her cat. <laughs> it's like, Mom, what is this present? And she goes, what do you mean? It's a lady <laughs> who like, loves her cat. She loves that she pussy said. so much. She's like, she loves, you love cats. And I'm like, Mom, I, I do love cats, but what is happening? And I... She didn't, she still like didn't see it. She's like, I don't get it. My sister died laughing. I don't know if we've ever laughed so hard on Christmas ever in my family. So now here's, I I still have it. Where is it? I'll tell you, I keep it in a drawer. But every time my parents come to my house and stay in my guest room, I get it out and I put it on the nightstand. And then there it is. And I'm like, mom, here's your gift you gave me. And she knows that I do that. She knows that I don't keep it out all the time. But I, like, religiously, I put it out whenever they visit. I And I will post a picture of it. I will post a picture of it. I love that story so much. I love it so <laughs> it much. That is something it's 100% insane. that my dad would do. I have a story I will save for another <laughs> one that my dad did. My dad bought a painting from a man on the side of the road. I'm going to save it. Oh, <laughs> Because it was it was a it was a Valentine's gift. I'm gonna save it. Okay, where are we? Where are we? Dwight goes into the bullpen and he announces that it is 11:23 a.m., the exact time of Michael's birth, 
And he suggests that everyone lift him up in his chair. Yes, it's a tradition. They're going to hoist him up in the air. It's a tradition. Well, I caught something here. What? I want you to look at Phyllis in the background of this scene. At the very beginning of the scene, she is behind Dwight at her computer. And I think that they said action before she had a chance to clear her computer screen. Is it Gates? Because is she looking at Gates? I don't know, because she was she did go on a, a long deep dive where she would look for gates for a she long time. She wanted a, a gate, gate for her driveway. driveway. <laughs> I don't know. I really tried to zoom in and see what it was. But what you have to see is that right at the top of the scene, she puts her hand up to cover up whatever is on her screen. And then at eight minutes, 53 seconds, when Michael comes out of his office, it's like a it's a continuous shot. Mm -hmm. When you come back to Phyllis, the Dunder Mifflin screensaver is up. Oh, she was quick. She was quick. Yeah, she she puts her hand up and with her left hand, she's like closing out of whatever she was doing. I have such a vivid memory of our camera guys. Randall or Matt saying, hey, Phyllis, we can see the gates on your screen. Because, <laughs> like, for a year, she looked at gates for her driveway. Aw, that makes me laugh. Well, it's at this point that Pam and Jim are in the kitchen. They are not participating in the hoisting of Michael. And Pam suggests to Jim that they sneak out and buy something for Kevin. Yeah. At 10 minutes, 33 seconds, you guys, we learn who Dwight tips and who he doesn't. And let me tell you, he tips his urologist. He can't pulverize his own kidney stones, and he yeah. only tips people who do jobs that he couldn't do himself. Yep. So when the sub-delivery guy, who was played by Justin Maloney, by the way, delivers a bunch of sub-sandwiches, Dwight gives him exact change because he could have delivered his own subs. He could have. He didn't, but he could have. And then in the break room... We find out that these sub sandwiches are bologna, tomato, and ketchup. Yes. That's it. There's no other options. It's bologna, tomato, and ketchup. What is that? Angela, we what had kind a fan question. Is this is a fan question from Old Man David. Okay. He wanted to know, did any of you guys actually eat any of that horrible sub sandwich? I was at Rite Aid. Do you remember, did anyone eat them and were they actually bologna and ketchup? Old man David, whatever those sandwiches were, were maybe set out by craft services and people could maybe snack on them. But I don't remember the cast or crew eating them, but they, they never let things go to waste. If they had food that was in a scene that was edible, they would set it out over by where all the snacks were anything that wasn't used, or they would um, give them to crew members. So like if we had a scene where we had a bunch of birthday cakes, if they didn't use those birthday cakes, they would give them to people to take home. That's true. Mm -hmm. Maybe we set them out and who knows what they really were. We don't know. Yeah, maybe they were normal sandwiches. But my character kiboshes anyone eating because she's got a really crappy attitude about these sandwiches and she just makes Michael really mad and he packs them up and he's like, fine choke on it and he walks right out well then angela we have another one of michael's sad birthday talking heads about his childhood this time he talks about being 16 years old and how he was supposed to go out on a date with a classmate named julie but she went out with a different michael from his class instead because she 
didn't realize which Michael she was supposed to go out with. He just has had a whole, yeah. Here's an interesting catch, Angela. In this talking head, he says he had to hear all about it the next day at school. Well, you mentioned that his birthday was March 15th. I have a Dunderpedia catch for you. Okay. They figured out that Michael's 16th birthday would have been March 15th, 1980. That was a Saturday. So the next day would have been Sunday, and Michael wouldn't have been at school to hear all about it. What the heck? What? That's a crazy Get catch. Get it together. Get that it I, together, writer's room. I feel like a kinship with whoever figured out this fact because of the 45 minutes I spent trying to find yams in Carbondale. Oh, yeah, you did. You looked for them for a long, long time. I did. Well, lady, you're a Pisces. You're intense and you're passionate. When when the subject moves me, like That's are there right. yams in Carbondale? Now we're at the Rite Aid with Jim and Pam. Yeah. Extra flirty. You haven't really had an episode in a bit where you two got to be just like flirty flirty. And so I feel like Probably for fans, they were so excited to be like, oh, they're back at it again. They're in in cahoots. Yes, they've bought 69 cup of noodles for Kevin, some M&Ms, and his favorite movie, American Pie 2. Oh, man. And then Pam even teases Jim for buying some fabric softener. Oh, she's like, you use fabric softener? And I feel like her internal monologue is like, oh, it's so cute. He does his laundry, and he makes sure it's clothes are soft. He's going to be a great husband. I love him. (laughs) Well, you know Roy isn't using any fabric softener. Roy's not doing laundry. Exactly. Well, now next up, Angela, is my favorite scene from this whole episode. (laughs) No cookie. No cookie. Oh, you know, we talk about things that people will say to us when they meet us. I get save bandit and I get no cookie. (laughs) Well, Dwight and Ryan are in the kitchen And Angela enters and tries to take the cake, the birthday cake from Dwight. But Dwight won't let go of it. But she's the head of the party planning committee. It's her job to bring out the cake. Yes. And they get in a little tiff about it. And then Dwight says, hey, is that meeting to discuss finances still on for later? And Angela's like, fine, fine, but don't expect any cookie. And Dwight says, but what if I'm hungry? No cookie. And then she leaves. And then Ryan's, Ryan's expression, Ryan, oh, BJ, your look is so fantastic of like, what the F did I just witness? What but is then happening? He has that silent talking head. All of that, whatever that minute and a half of television is from the time that scene starts until the end of his talking head is just my favorite from this episode. I loved it. It's so good. BJ's so good. It it like makes it. It makes it, you know? So now it's happy birthday to Michael. The cake is out. The candles are lit. Michael is going to blow out his candles, and at the same time, Kevin gets his phone call. Is it is it the phone call? No, it's Stacy. Stacy. He says it's Stacy. Michael is pissed because his candles aren't trick candles, and this is when everyone's kind of hugging 
Kevin and Michael's like, you guys, stop. What is going on? Angela says very pointedly, no one cares about your birthday, Michael. Yeah. Kevin's waiting to hear if he has skin cancer, Michael. This is like, this is more important. She just like flattens it. She, I mean, she just destroys whatever good mood he was hoping to have. Well, lady, fan comments from Delaney and Kathy O'Dell, they both said, I feel like everyone was really hard on Michael. He didn't know about Kevin. And it was his birthday. Is his reaction, like, really that out of line? Well, here's the thing. He's being a little bit of a baby, but I think if any of us really cared about him the way we should as his coworkers, someone should have pulled him aside early in the morning and said, hey, listen, Kevin had this biopsy. Here's what's going on. We just want you to know. We don't know if you know. Yeah. Right? Right. So that in the moment, he wouldn't be such a jerk because someone would have let him in on it. Now, listen, he still would have been bummed. He still would have spent a ton of energy trying to make everyone like somehow find a way to be okay celebrating his birthday. Yeah, which he's going to do later. Okay, remember earlier when I told you that behind Jim's talking head, there was a winter scene? Oh, is this the payoff? Give it to me. I want you to notice that in the background of this birthday candle scene, my cardigan is draped on the back of my chair. It's a really nice detail because if you notice at the store, I'm not wearing it. I also want you to know that on the coat rack, in a little bit, you're going to see Pam's giant puffy coat that you're going to see her wearing later at the ice rink is hanging up and Jim's big, heavy winter coat are on the coat rack. I see what's happening here. Why didn't they take their coats if it's snowing out? If it's so freaking cold that they wore their heavy coats to work that day, why is Pam leaving her cardigan behind and going shopping in just a button-down shirt? What's up? Is it cold out or not cold out? It's cold out. Which one? Someone's slipping on the job there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, well... I have a big thing to point out, everyone. What? Okay, at 14 minutes, 44 seconds, Jim dares Pam to make an announcement over the store intercom. Because these two are like teenagers. They play Jinx, buy me a Coke. Now they're daring each other to do stupid things in public. Jim and Pam, what's going on? But guess what happens? What does Pam do? I know. What does she do, Jenna? She, I know, Angela, she says, Luke, this is your father. Star Wars! Star Wars. She makes a Star Wars reference. Jenna, did you know what you were doing when you did it? I did because I knew from just, you know, pop culture knowledge that there was a movie from the Star Wars movies Is it Empire Strikes Back that... Yes, where they're fighting each other. Yes, and it is revealed that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. He says, I am your father. And Luke's like, no, that's not true. I knew the reference, but I did get a fan question from K Slackish One who wanted to know if that bit where I make the announcement was improvised. So the Luke line was scripted. However, I did improvise a little bit. So when I say I'm sorry into the mic, 
that was my fun idea, and it was a little nod to the movie When Harry Met Sally. So do you remember the scene in When Harry Met Sally when Harry and Sally, they're singing karaoke in the store. They're singing Surrey with a Fringe on Top, and Harry's ex-wife starts to walk up, and he stops singing, and Meg Ryan is like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's my voice. I have the worst voice, and she's saying it all in the microphone, and Harry is like, no, I think I see Helen, and then really loudly into the microphone, Meg Ryan goes, Helen? <laughs> and it like goes out over the store. I always thought that was such a funny bit. So I thought I'm going to say I'm sorry into the mic really loudly. And I don't know. It, it. I mean, probably no one would ever think about it. But about your inspiration for that moment. I love yeah. that. I think that's so sweet. I also know how much you love When Harry Met Sally. It's one of your favorite movies. Lady... When I was in college, I had a three and a half hour drive between St. Louis, which is where my parents still lived, and Kirksville, Missouri, which is a little rural town in Missouri where I went to college at Truman State University. And what I did to pass the time was I recorded When Harry Met Sally onto an audio tape. And then I played the movie back for myself in my car on my drive. I have that entire movie memorized from beginning to end. I I love love it. That is the sweetest thing. Yeah. I recorded on my tape recorder, David Letterman's opening monologues, and I would play them back and listen to his opening monologues. Oh my gosh. (sighs) Well, you said you wanted to work for a late night talk show. I wanted to work in comedy. You love yeah, comedy, yeah. late night. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, lady. Look, we were meant to be BFFs. We were both driving we were. in our cars, we listening were. to things we recorded off of our TVs because we're 100 <laughs> <laughs> on our tape decks. Lady, I just got a text from Lee. He sent me a photo of... Is this about your bread? Yeah. Can I go down and check it out? Can we take a break? He made sandwiches for the kids. I want to see if they like it. Oh, my God. He did it. Way to go, Lee. But did they eat it? That's the question. We'll find out. All right. We'll be right back. Listen to this, because this sounds amazing to me. Ready? Okay. In a world that stops for no one, with life dominated by screens, there's still a place filled with endless reasons to put the phone down and pick up life. Doesn't that sound lovely? Where are we talking about? South Dakota. That's where Lee was born! Really? South Dakota! How did I not know that? I don't know. I didn't know he was born in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. He has family there. Well, South Dakota is a great place to vacation and adventure, You can get worlds away from home in the Badlands, find peace among the pines in the Black Hills, and unwind with each bend of the Missouri River. And if you're looking for love, you might find a Lee there. Oh, my gosh. Made a good fella, South Dakota did. From Sioux Falls to Deadwood, you'll find yourself getting lost in a place that brings you closer to the world around you. You can immerse yourself in the creativity of both contemporary and traditional crafts. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. 
You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We're back. Bread report for everyone who's curious. It's freaking delicious. I just ate a slice. Is it? It's good. I don't know if the kids are going to eat it. What is their deal? You know what, Angela? They love all of my other breads. They love my sourdough bread. They love when I make rolls. They love when I make popovers. For whatever reason, I cannot get them to like my sandwich bread. They just want store-bought sandwich bread. I've tried three different recipes. Today will have been my third sandwich bread recipe. I don't know. Or they will like it the day it comes out of the oven, but the next day, it's a no-go for them. Hmm. They only want it warm out of the oven. I don't know. Shall we get back into this episode, milady? I think we should. Where are we? I believe that we are back in human resources. 15 minutes, 15 seconds, Kevin is talking to Toby about his skin cancer. Yeah, and this is a nice callback to season one's healthcare episode because Toby's like, can you get on your fiance's healthcare plan? Because honestly, ours is horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. So to me, to me, it was a nice callback to the healthcare episode. Well, Michael comes over with a bunch of facts that are about why Kevin shouldn't be worried. He's got some statistics. The subtext is why we can still celebrate Michael's birthday mm-hmm. without any problem, but he's presenting it as why Kevin shouldn't be worried. Yeah. And then Toby's like, you know, kind of gives him some Toby sass. And Michael's like, why are you here? And Toby's like, I work here. (laughs) Well, now Michael is going to announce that they're going somewhere and it's to make Kevin feel better. There's an outing for the whole office. But of course, if you remember in an earlier scene... Michael asked Dwight if he's made all the plans for later. So this is oh, there's a big banner when we walk in. Says "Happy Birthday, Michael!" Like this was planned for sure, not by the party planning committee. By the way, Angela would not allocate funds to this. No, but Dwight had this. He had planned it. We had a fan question from Noel, Angela, because we're about to go Mm -hmm. to the ice skating rink now. And that's the big surprise that he's taking us all ice skating. And Noel wanted to know, did you have a safety meeting about ice skating? Remember? Safety meeting, lit candle. I'm sure we did. I'm sure there was a safety meeting about we have heavy things being held on the ice. I'm sure there was all kinds of safety meetings. Well, I know we had a medic there. And the reason that I know this is because... I don't know if you remember, Angela, but Mindy fell while we were shooting. I don't remember that. And she hurt her knee. So you know there's that little bit at the ice skating rink where Kelly is helping Ryan? Yeah. Well, she fell, and she hurt her knee, and the medic had to give her some ice, but she was able to finish filming. Her knee was okay. I thought it was interesting when you saw the different couplings of people ice skating. In the beginning, you see Kelly and Ryan. You see Pam and Jim. Uh, I sort of just kind of go around solo. Yes. So does Dwight. We just kind of, we don't, you know, want anyone to know we're seeing each other. So we skate alone. And then later, you see Ryan and Phyllis yes. holding hands. 
and ice skating. Yes, at 19 minutes. We had a fan catch by KP who said, I love when you see Ryan and Phyllis at the skating rink holding hands so Ryan won't fall. It's such a random glimpse into their friendship. I think, Angela, they did that because Mindy was icing her knee. And what's really cute if you watch it is Phyllis is so tickled. She's so tickled. It's just really cute. It's very, very sweet. And I actually, I went back after I read that comment and I watched it and it's really very sweet to see the two of them skating together. So that was it. Uh, an accident. I had another fan question from Live Long California. Did you and John know how to ice skate? Or did you have to learn for this episode? So here's something interesting. In this episode, Jim is kind of helping Pam on the ice. But right before we filmed this episode, I had actually been in some intense ice skating training because I was filming a movie with Will Ferrell called Blades of Glory. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, every Saturday morning for a few months, I had to go early in the morning and spend about three hours learning to ice skate. And the crazy thing is my character didn't even ice skate in the movie. I am completely pretending to not know how to ice skate in this scene on The Office because I had actually just... I mean, kind of learned how to ice skate quite well thanks to this movie training. You're describing my fantasy, but all I ever wanted was to be cast in something where they're like, listen, Angela, you're going to have to learn kung fu. You're going to go every Saturday. You're going to become a kung fu master. Or you're going to have to learn how to throw an axe. You're going to get really good at throwing axes. Like, I, I wanted to learn something like that. But um, it's, it's never happened. Well, speaking of skating, Michael is zipping around in his hockey gear. So in the background of Michael's talking head, it's around 17 minutes, 42 seconds. There's a really great shot of that professional ice skater, Burt Lankin, who stands in for Oscar. He's doing a bunch of twirls. It's just sort of fun. You realize nothing with you though, Ange. <laughs> I know nothing with me, but do you realize um, one of the office members who's not on the ice is Creed, and it's because he's in the arcade playing a shoot 'em up game with a bunch of kids. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Well, there's also that scene where Michael checks Toby into the wall. Yeah, we had a fan question from Cardinals fan: Was Toby harmed in the making of that scene? No, and if you watch closely. Steve's body never really touches Toby. Like he 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 really like Steve, I think because he's so good, he kind of slams into the wall and makes a noise with his arms. And then Paul just sort of falls to the ground himself. No, Steve had total control. But um it's cuz he's such a good skater and so he could definitely sort of show off a little bit and do all that stuff. Oh, this was for sure one of Steve's favorite film days. I think. I it mean, had to be. It had to be. Ice. Yeah. He was it, having the best time. Yeah. And also, he had the best time because Nancy Carell, his wife, in real life, shows up in this episode again as Carol Stills, the real estate agent. <laughs> She's at the ice rink. But Michael's so innocent. He's like, oh, are was this for sale? And she's like, no, Michael, like I can yeah. go, I can go places that aren't for sale. You know, like my kids <laughs> yes. are here to ice skate. And then he's so sweet with the kids. He's so sweet. And we sort of yeah. learned that like Michael probably could have tried to play professional hockey, but he didn't think it was a great job 
to have if you want a family, and that's all he wants. So it's just this theme, again, that Michael just wants a family. That's what he wants. Well, you know when he offers to pull the kids around the ice rink with his hockey stick? Mm -hmm. He's skating backwards, and he's pulling the kids. Lee does that all the time with our kids. Aww. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I think that's like a hockey guy thing to do. You pull your kids around as they hold on to the hockey stick. You just turned into like a 16-year-old girl with googly eyes. You just thought about your husband. I know. I wish you could have seen Jenna just now. She just literally did this weird thing with her shoulder and she kind of tossed her hair and she was like, I think it's a hockey guy thing. <laughs> like it was, what just happened to you? Clearly, clearly smitten. when you saw your husband do that, you're like, yes, yes, baby. <laughs> I get real smitten with him sometimes, especially when he does, you know, when he's on the ice fathering. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> on the ice being a great dad. Okay, now Kevin gets the phone call. Everyone skates around him. Jenna, I remember filming this because we had to time it out. And there were a bunch of us on the ice that skate up to where he is. Do you remember this? Yes. And we have to all be able to stop. I didn't know how to stop. Yeah. That was my one problem. I didn't know how to stop. So I remember trying to like push really hard to slow myself down so I didn't run into people. But I was like stressed out. (laughs) Well, guess what? His results are negative. Which is a good thing. You want your but results Michael to be negative. But Michael doesn't understand that. No, Michael's like, Michael Damn is it. gutted. He's like, oh, no, this is horrible. We're going to beat this. And he has that amazing talking head where he's like, it turns out that in the medical field, negative is a good thing. Now, in the real world, negative means bad. But when it comes to test results, it was it was it was one of those that you love, Angela, where he's describing things to us that the rest of us all know. One of my favorite things is when Michael is like, I'm going to break this down for you. Yeah, this is what it's like information. This we is all probably know. coming as a surprise to you, too. Yeah, I know. I'm going to fill you out. in. Yeah. Yes. Well, now we're opening gifts, lady. I know. I love this scene. We're opening gifts. I have actually been in the room where we filmed. I'd been there before because I'd been to a kid's birthday party. And if you have a kid's birthday party at this particular rink, number one, your birthday child gets to ride the Zamboni around the ice one time. Oh, yes. And then you get to have all of your birthday cake and presents in this room where we were. So it kind of cracked me up that this is where Michael's birthday would be because he's so childlike. So we're sitting at this table. Kevin gets a card that says, get well soon or something like that. But it's got a lady in a bikini. This clearly made his day. He's going to save that. Maybe he'll put it with some of the things he keeps on his computer because he's a little pervy. He's very happy about this card. He loves it. And then Michael gets a Wilkes-Barre Penguins hockey jersey from Dwight. This is a real team. It actually, well, and it says from Dwight. From Dwight, number one. I have been to their rink, me and Craig Robinson, Brian Baumgartner, Kate Flannery, for the first ever office convention. We got to go. We got to go on the ice. We all got a jersey. I still have my jersey. That's amazing. Yeah. So they're the AHL team. So they're Mm -hmm. not the NHL team. They're the AHL team. And that's, yeah, real hockey team. Real hockey team. And their mascot is Tux the Penguin. Everyone there was really, really nice. That That was super fun. Well, then Pam gives Michael 
night swept. From everyone. Big, says it's from everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. From everyone in the office. We had a fan question from Boss Lady. Is there really a cologne called Night Swept? Well, this... No. It, there's not. But Jenna, did you know this is a callback? Did you catch this? Yes. So, yes. From... Hot Girl. When they're cleaning out his car. Yes. In season one, episode six, Hot Girl, Ryan and Michael are cleaning out his car. And Michael says, that's my Dracar Noir, right? Is that how you say that? Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan's like, no, it's Rite Aid Night Swept. And Michael's like, uh-uh, it's a perfect smell-alike. I'm not paying for the label. So he's probably very excited. He likes Night Swept. And he already is a buyer of Night Swept. And here he gets a four-pack. He got lotion, cologne, some kind of body spray, maybe. Yes. That was all packaged and created by Phil Shea. That is a fictional cologne line. However, I just want to let you know that I did Google Night Swept. Mm -hmm. And there is a Christian-based mystery novel by writer Marvin Ream. Okay. Called Night Swept, okay. and it's available on Amazon. Okay. There Just you have for it. For super fans out there who might want to read a book called Night Swept. Night Swept. It doesn't Swept. smell like anything from what I would assume, since it's a book and it's not a cologne. There you go. There you go. Where are we? It's the end of the episode. That's Pam it. ends this episode with a talking head. She says it was a good day. Angela, because of what you said earlier, which is that, you know, finally we get a little flirty flirt for her and Jim. They got to go shopping. She got to learn he uses fabric softener. I mean, yeah. this was a good day for Pam. She got to pretend what it would be like maybe to be Jim's girlfriend for a day. and Yeah, run an errand. Run errands together. And she loved it. She loved it. So it was a good day. And Michael had a great birthday. As it turns out, he got to ice skate. He got a present he liked. Kevin was going to be okay. So it all ended well. It did. But before we say goodbye to Michael's birthday, there is a deleted scene that I have to read. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. It's a Dwight talking head. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to just watch your reaction. Okay? All right. Okay. This is okay. Deleted scene of a Dwight talking head from Michael's birthday. Michael's birthday is hard for me because he gets very excited. But he's also under a lot of pressure, which builds up until he's ready to explode. As his right-hand man, it's my job to release that pressure so that he can enjoy himself, if only for a moment. Wow. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. That is a delightful, delightful talking head written by Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepnitsky. Right? That's right in their wheelhouse. But you know it probably was hard for Rain to get through that. For sure. Guys, that that's it. That's Michael's birthday. We celebrated <laughs> Michael's birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. We hope you had a good time. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Next week, we're going to do some drug testing. Dwight, why is your urine green? We'll find out. Ooh. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. 
Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our senior producer is Cassie Jerkins. Our in-studio engineer is Sam Kiefer. Our editing and mixing engineer is Jordan Duffy. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.